Hello. I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we review every adaption of the X-Men that is not the comic book. So right now we're going through the cartoons. And right now we're starting season three of X-Men, the animated series. And we've also done two films. We did X-Men and we did X2. Mm -hmm. Which is a pretty good coincidence. The episode that was just before this one was X2. Is it a coincidence or are we just doing what the writers did? Yes, we are. I mean, we're just watching the show in the order that the people who wrote the live action adaptations of X-Men watch the show in. That's how I feel. I mean, like, I have no proof. I'm just saying that this is probably what they did. We know that they watched this show and that they adapted it for Yeah, but we didn't know the order they watched it. It's true. But probably... Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the Mutant Brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the In the X2 episode, we were just talking about how the portrayal of Lady Deathstrike is totally wrong. And then what should we come across but the season three premiere of X-Men the Animated Series, which also has a really also weird is not correct. version <laughs> of Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But that's not how it starts. I mean, should we try to do a previously on the X-Men? I don't know. Well, what I would like to do is say that this is the starter of season three and we've had Seasons 1 and 2, which both had really strong openers that kind of set up potentially what was going to be the whole season. Mm -hmm. And I think this does do that at the very end because there's a lot of like weird alien technology. There's a lot of fake outs though. Because like the episode starts out by showing us Kalisto and the Morlocks again. And so we're kind of like, okay, it's going to be another Morlock episode. And then all of a sudden we pivot to like lady death strike and the reavers oh yeah and then we have all the weapon x stuff coming back and so they're throwing a lot of different past villains and scenarios at us but they don't seem like they may actually be they relevant it kind of seems like to be the bigger... because then at the end it's like and now there's an alien so i yeah. don't know i mean they're building up this is season three is the first half of the phoenix mm-hmm. saga when gene gray is the good version of the phoenix but that's not here gene's not even in this episode She's not um, a lot of the x-men aren't in this episode yeah it just kind of seems it seems very random in terms of a place <laughs> to start does. to set this up because there is set up here. There's set up with Charles Xavier because he's getting like weird like messages from the alien ship. Well, yeah. And there's an alien ship. Well, should we yeah, just go like in order? But that's like as much set up as there is. You no, know? I know. But previously in the last season, the big bad was Mr. Sinister mm-hmm. and he had kidnapped Magneto and Xavier and put them in the Savage Land, which I just made a video about and put it up on YouTube. So yeah, you can go watch you it. You should check it to out the theme on of the dinosaurs. Atomic Blue Productions YouTube channel, which is yes. a cool place to go. 
But yeah, the Savage Land is now occupied by Mr. Sinister made out of sand. So none of that is important <laughs> to the current season, Mr. apparently. Mr. Sandister. Um, yeah, Mr. Sandister is ruling over the Savage Land, but we're never going to see that happen. We're just not going to get that on the show. What if you were like at the beach and you're trying to make a sandcastle, but then you actually use Mr. Sinister sand? What happens then? I feel like Does that's a question just that laugh? only you and I can answer when we build a Mr. Sinister sculpture <laughs> at the beach this summer. But that's first, true. All right, well, we'll make it happen. Why don't we recap this episode? If we can. This. All right. So I, I was like, I got to share my notes with everyone after this because <laughs> I just was like, what the hell is happening? But it was like not in a bad way. I I think we should clarify sometimes we go into our show. And we're like, God, that fucking episode. And this episode, I kind of felt that way. But I also enjoyed the episode. It was I thought fun. It was like, I did laugh at it a lot, but it was also like. It was a lot. Yeah, it's really silly, but it's, it's fun. It's kind of like. You know, when we did our, when we would make fun of Warren, when he went from Angel to Archangel, mm-hmm, I'd be like, mm-hmm. this is so dramatic and emo. This, like, manages to top that. Yeah. It's just... Yuriko is very dramatic, although she keeps repeating the same sentences, like, 60 times, which is, like, far funnier than it should be. But we'll get to I that. Know. We'll tell you what and the Wolverine three sentences are. Wolverine is no better are. than her, either, because, like, Wolverine is <laughs> doing the same thing, and, like... <laughs> I was writing it down during this. Like, why is it that when Wolverine runs into a potential person from the past, usually an ex, which we've had like 35 of them now by season three, he just loses his fucking mind. It just starts running around screaming. Wolverine is like an extremely emotional character. It's this whole deal. Extremely. And like, we don't see the X-Men in this except for Xavier and then eventually Jubilee and Gambit. And Jubilee and Gambit are kind of like, should we help him? Because like... This is like at least the ninth time we've had to do this. So like, what <laughs> well, are we going to do? that's how Gambit feels about it, but we'll get to that. I mean, okay. Gambit's like probably pissed off because he's definitely getting like, he's setting up so he can get laid by Wolverine. And then I think like, Gambit this spends, shit happens. Why are we skipping ahead? Stop. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Sorry. It doesn't start out with any of this. So it starts out with Leech. Season three starts off with the orgy and we're like wow this this is a strong direction for a kids show to be starting with it's but, you really know, we weird know it's it the starts X-Men out with like. a triple x orgy <laughs> with all the X-Men. x-men and jubilee is just alone outside on the basketball court like i wonder what the adults are up to then <laughs> smash cut to leech running down the stairs with a mysterious package he's, he's, he's this little green guy well okay so the actual start of the episode is leech he's one of the morlocks yes he's a little green guy this is the most we'll ever see leech do in any iteration of like a comic he doesn't book. get to do much here um <laughs> and so he's running down the stairs of this building and then right as he manages to get out of the building it blows up and then he's attacked by all these cyborg guys who are the reavers well some of the reavers i think i'm gonna quickly clarify that the reavers are sort of uh during the really dark time where the X-Men were all pretending to be dead mm-hmm. and the, the Marauders had gone into the Morlock tunnels and massacred and killed all the Morlocks. And the Reavers were also these cybernetic dudes that were going around and just like also killing mutants. Yeah, they're not um, mutants. And people, they're honestly. like cybernetically enhanced humans. So there's like... Yeah, they were just like murdering, period. It's a very watered down take on them in this because they are like well known for just straight up slaughtering like bloodshed everywhere yeah. and, and this they're just like 
they they look like goofy terminators shooting nets out of guns and i'm like this is yeah very instead strange. of killing people they shoot these huge nets at the morlocks that's later yeah. but um, yeah but i'm just clarifying what they're actually like yeah so. uh, in this they're just you know goofy kids show villains so the the green guy who's leech he jumps into the sewer with his package and they shoot after him and then we see lady deathstrike and so she has this costume which is the same as her comic book original costume basically where she looks like kind of samurai armor she's got like a weird samurai helmet and everything yeah and she's got but scars she's also in her face like and all these like cybernetic suit. enhancements yeah but yeah. she has these wacky huge hands that are like claws that have been infused with adamantium but we learned about that later and i don't know who the voice actress is for this because there's two different ones listed and like i don't see how that's possible like imdb says one person and like a billion other sources say another person but whoever it is i don't know that she's doing her best because this character has a different accent on like every line that she delivers i don't know if i you know picked up it's, on that but i i mean i like, didn't she's really probably but... supposed to have a japanese accent but then like sometimes it's like almost british or something and there's a lot going on she's she's really bringing something this lady is and so anyway she says use motion trackers to follow him and they all follow this green guy yeah and they go into the morlock tunnels we see Callisto again and Callisto opens up the package and it's a gun i guess oh my god it's do they even explain what this gun is or why she Callisto thinks that this gun matters so much i mean it was stolen from these cyborg people I but i don't think, think it, it was a gun i thought it was just some sort of like alien looking technology i don't it wasn't really well explained. It's just a random weapon that doesn't end up mattering at all or even being relevant. And so Kalisto is like super excited to get this gun because the last time we saw her, she and Storm were duking it out. And Storm is sort of like the unofficial official leader of the Morlocks now, even though she doesn't like really do anything. Um, and so Kalisto <laughs> okay. is like... Well, that's like a whole thing too, because like Kalisto is down there and she's got this thing and she's just like, oh, this is going to unlock our secret treasure yes. and it will make me the true leader of the Morlocks again. And I was like, yeah, but you already, they're all there. Yeah. They're, they're all already, already like standing around you and storm isn't currently there. So if you need this gun to lead over these people, then you're really doing a bad job. But yeah. none of that matters because Kalisto like, isn't going to be relevant to this episode at all. So all nope. the cyborgs show up. They shoot everybody with these nets that we described because instead of killing people in this episode, they're going to dramatically be knocked into walls with these like electromagnetic yeah, like, nets, I guess. It sticks them to the walls like a like Spider-Man using but his like, web slinger. But it also makes them like weak and pass out. So they're like yeah. incapable of taking the nets off. Right. And so there's a really cool fight scene. We get to see all the Morlocks using their powers again. Like there's the guy who can turn into a dragon and stuff. I, yeah, I'm also going to mention that the animation has definitely gone up even since season two. Yeah. And it's very obvious here. And I also think stylistically, while they're still going for the same look, I feel like it's less dark looking it's less pastel i felt like it was more solidly colored in mm -hmm. i don't know if you felt that way i felt like it, it was more getting closer to what like batman the animated series and gargoyles was doing at the time so it was kind of like 
I, I don't. I guess I, I would just say less dark, like <laughs> visually less dark. Is that a, is that a thing? I I mean, sure. I hadn't really noticed, but I do feel like the animation style has been slowly changing on me, and I just haven't been paying enough attention. But I'm sure if I yeah. went back and looked at season one again, I'd be like, wow, this looks totally different than yeah. What that's kind of. Well, I just kind of felt that way because it's been a while since we watched an episode because we took a break for the movie, and like I'm watching this, and I was like, I feel like this is. Like it's it's definitely gotten better, but I think just it's changed as a result of that. I felt like this pro- this fight scene was actually really cool looking, and I liked seeing. I think his name was Tar Pit. Like his body, like all got all like ra- like Wibbly it got all and liquidy yeah, and like yeah. And I thought cool. it looked really cool. Like it was a very smooth animation where previously it would be it was less so because it was on a smaller budget. But mm-hmm. I, I was like, wow, that actually looks like tar flying around i was impressed yeah there were a couple other places i noted where like characters facial expressions would change in ways that looked really cool animation wise as opposed to like clunky like you can like really see the frames changing so yeah i don't know they they definitely stepped it up anyway this all culminates in Callisto also getting put in a net after basically no setup at all and then yuriko kidnaps leech and is like why shouldn't i kill you yeah because he stole her weapon that doesn't matter yeah leech speaks in like this weird stilted way where he doesn't use full sentences like he says Callisto, make leech steal from your lab and like that doesn't doesn't use fully conjugated verbs that's how he talks I guess he's like never been like socially aware i don't know he's a kid that's living in the sewers right yeah i mean you know if you're that if you're living in the sewers why not develop a f- acute affectation and so he's yeah. the person who brings up this buried treasure that they're apparently going to use this weapon to open and as soon as yuriko hears that she's what? like i'm interested in that i shouldn't call her yuriki by the way she would hate that she's lady yeah, death strike now screaming repeatedly and she's like Yuriko's dead. I'm, I'm Lady Deathstrike. Death That's one like, of the okay, lines she says it. sixty times. Anyway, Ugh. the Morlocks don't know how to open it, so yeah. So if they take her over to it, but it's like this weird UFO in the tunnels, which. Who the fuck knows how that got there? Yeah. I don't know if that's explained in so season like, in episode two, but it's not in this one. It's, it's just, just a fucking alien underground UFO. UFO. Why is it underground? And so Deathstrike is like, it must have been buried for centuries. And I was like, how would you know that? But in retrospect, she has to be right because how the fuck else could it have gotten there? It's not like it's going to land and then suddenly end up like a ton of miles underground so i guess it's like yeah. an archaeological find that they just like excavated somehow didn't i i guess but like it seemed to be like in the sewers like the sewers were built around but then it. there's like all these know. caves underneath the sewers now so it's like That's the morlocks right. are just like okay. excavating these random going, caves but they just can't get away from humans so they keep on going further and further underground which is kind of a weird metaphor but like it's kind of you know cool what? i mean there's some cool backgrounds in the episode of like these wacky caves that are like apparently oh, yeah, underneath sure. the new york city sewers which i was like what why are these caves here (laughs) but whatever um there's a ufo in these caves and so lady deathstrike walks up to it and she's all like i can feel its power perhaps now after all my work i shall have the means to exact my revenge and i was like kind of amazed by how this was exactly the same scene that we just saw Callisto do where like she opens up a weapon she looks at yeah. it she's like maybe now maybe it's I the UFO doing it and then she immediately gets owned and then Lady Deathstrike does the exact same thing like five minutes later and like well, she tries cutting it she tries cutting the UFO yes. with her like her her claws and it shoots out this green energy wave that like literally just it reverberates through... over all of New York including it does. And like then... the 
X mansion, which because God knows how far Xavier, away that is. Because we see Xavier, who's sitting there, and he just starts screaming, and like power! <laughs> and then he's like, I'm like, can you do anything? And then he's screaming, he's like, I've never felt such power before. Yeah. I must find it. And I'm like, of course you want to find it, because you want to use it because you're a fucking villain. Yep, <laughs> he is. He really seems like a super villain here. I was like, whoa, we're gonna, are we gonna get to see like a scary it's like, Xavier? But I, I don't know, actually right. think it's that's like, what we're supposed no, to think. No, it's not the setup, but it's just that my thirst and I was like, of course he sees he sees power and the first thing he wants to do is go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately. So he puts on Cerebro and then we cut away from him and we don't revisit what's going on with him for like, I don't know. The rest of the episode. Days. I, I periodically <laughs> kept expecting us to go back and check in on what the fuck he was doing, but he apparently just sits there with Cerebro for like, I don't know, six hours because he like Yeah, because isn't this at like nighttime and then like the next scene we're there, it's daytime and then the next time we see him again, it's night again. So did he just like sit in Cerebro for a full 24 hours? Just like whacking it, thinking about that cool green light he saw earlier. I thought that's what he was doing before the surge <laughs> came through. I, honestly, I was like, what is he doing down there? I don't know. And I don't know where the rest of the X-Men are and we never find out. But <laughs> anyway, um, so Lady Deathstrike says that the reason why that reaction happened was because of a defensive field around the ship. And she's like, it reacted with my cyborg components. And then she like thinks for a second about how they're going to get into this ship. And she's like, what we need is a human with a set of adamantium claws. Which I don't and know I where she like, pulls that from. Like, yeah. what is she basing that on? Uh, well, Logan's not a human, first of all. So that's like a weird line for them to have written. Like, why wouldn't she say mutant there? And also, like, also, how does she know? I mean, she knows she that doesn't. she knows, I mean, though, the, because later she does know about well, his situation. I, I guess, but maybe she's just thinking that because it's adamantium, it's indestructible. But the thing is that she also is like, my adamantium thing isn't working. So we need a, a man that's also adamantium. Yeah, I'm like, like, why can't, do her adamantium claws not work? on the, the spaceship to open it well, up. Well, I think her but, bones are adamantium, but she doesn't have claws. She's got her claws. Well, she has, like, claw like, hands. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't but mean, those like, are adamantium. I think those are just cybernetic parts, oh, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, who the fuck knows? None of this is explained. <laughs> so so she turns around, and then the marauders are like, all right, we're just going to fucking blow it apart. And she goes, you can't blow it up. I pay you to take orders not to think. And <laughs> I was like, what? And then that's when she delivers that whole line. Yeah. So then we go, then we go to probably the best scene it in is the whole. It is the best scene. In which Gambit and Wolverine, who first of all, look, they look like they walked out of a gay club in the 90s. Yeah, they're wearing Wolverine's- short shorts. They're shirtless. They're, Gambit is wearing a little bandana on his head. It's adorable. I think, I think Gambit's wearing a little bit more than Wolverine is. Wolverine's just wearing tiny jean short shorts and that's it. That's like, it. Like, he may as well be naked and they're both <laughs> they're playing basketball and, and like, Jubilee is, like, also standing there but she's, like, but not But she's, like, really not playing with them. She's just kind of being there, like, what is happening right now? Because Logan's, like, make your move, hot shot. And Gambit's, like, you lost Wolverine, admit it. And Logan's, like, big talk, come on. Go, go for, for the, the hoop, hoop gumbo. Gumbo. And Gambit goes, <laughs> if, if you, you insist. insist. And then he winks at him. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, these guys are clearly fucking Jesus Christ. Then the phone's ringing and they're still like panting at each other. And Jubilee's like, oh, like um, the, the phone's, phone's ringing. We should pick that up. And she's like, Jesus, she's, she's like, get me out of this, anything, you know? <laughs> it's really funny. So there's just like a TV and like a cordless phone that's like outside next to the basketball court, which is like, I don't know, mutant alarm or whatever the fuck they have. I know. Well, nobody's, whatever the deal 
deal is it's not nobody's picking up she's like jubilee goes i guess nobody else is here which it's like okay none of you knew that what <laughs> yeah like no one knows where any of the rest of the x-men are where are the x-men i don't know are they visiting xavier, morph are they helping xavier brainwash morph i guess xavier is still busy inside like oh that's right masturbating with cerebro so anyway the three of them pick that's up this phone cerebro. which is like literally just a cordless phone and leech is like skyping them onto the little tv screen that they have out there mm-hmm. and as soon as wolverine sees him he's like we gotta talk to storm about who she gives her number to which is really I funny know. i thought it's funny but also was like wolverine don't be an elitist piece of shit because we're mutants too come on <laughs> I so know. i interpreted it more as just wolverine never wanting to talk to anyone like there would be no person yeah. who is it's acceptable to like, call literally anyone he, okay he's like when he means like storm getting the phone number out he means like literally to anyone yeah. not just the morlocks just that like you know like, i took it but yeah i mean it could be interpreted as a slight to the morlocks you're right um yeah. and so leech corrects him and is like don't want to talk to x-men leader of the morlocks leech got message for wolverine message from yuriko he does say goes, yuriko here oh my gosh he does and well then because logan wolverine goes, wouldn't know what the fuck he was talking about if he didn't say yuriko. Oh, that's a good point he wouldn't but then logan goes Yuriko. and he dramatically looks off into the distance and like the fucking like karate kid <laughs> chimes in it's like so I stupid it's so bad fucking, like stereotypical like it's so bad i'm like Japanese what i mean i laughed song. really hard because i was like i, I was just like it was because i was like holy shit the 90s like oh my god and, and the Wolverine 90s was, like, like dramatically staring into the distance and the pan pipes are like doo-doo-doo or whatever and he's like yeah yeah Yoriko. he's just like okay bye yeah, and everyone's like wait screams she needs you and then immediately disconnects the call dramatically and then yeah like, then we go back to leech and leech is like he'll come i can leave death strikes like no your useless your usefulness has run out she basically tells the reverse to kill him and we don't see this it actually pans away because they don't want to shoot they don't want to show us them shooting a child well they actually at like the final second they take forever on this shot and i just thought he was dead but at like Me the too. last second they show him caught in a net did you see that yeah. shot like no, right I, I did before see it that switches? shot, but it was really set up to look like they were going to just, just kill think a child he's dead it's yeah, it's a, it was. A mu- I feel it was a like much. what happened there was they animated it so that the Reavers just straight up killed him, and then later the execs making the show were like, "You cannot do that. Like, you need to <laughs> add in a frame where he's shown caught in a net." Because I mean, they already did that one time with that episode with that that hairy dude that yeah. the Friends of Humanity like obviously and then they, killed, like, and we didn't show see him it later in like another yeah, like episode. in a different yeah. episode. They're like, "Oh no, he's still alive. He's in this." place that they're now burning down and i was like okay that guy I is like the kenny of this show like he's just gonna keep repeatedly dying but anyway yeah, pretty much yeah leech is basically dead as far as we care yeah. so back to wolverine like having his dramatic monologue jubilee is like who's yuriko and he's yeah like, jubilee's finally like what, what's happening here being like, like she's hello. just somebody that i used to know a long Somebody time ago. I used to Yeah, know. he starts singing. It's weird because that yeah, song hadn't even come out yet. Um, and so then yeah, Wolverine Gambit, actually wrote it. Gambit is immediately jealous. It was just I know, it's so funny. He's he like, like, this whole thing stank. Why'd Leech call instead of Callisto? Gambit's nose say trap. And Wolverine is like, I don't care. This is up to me to solve or whatever he says. And he's like, I gotta yeah. go. This is personal. And there's this great shot of him still not wearing any clothes, just like walking out out of the gate so slowly glistening in the sun his like like, butt is so tight there and gambit's clearly looking at it and jubilee's like um maybe we should help him (laughs) (laughs) and and gambit gets really pissy and he just goes 
everything's personal with that one and jubilee's like we still have to help him and he's like wolverine's a big boy he can take care of himself and he's like throwing a little tantrum on how he doesn't he really, want to help they're wolverine. both throwing tantrums and jubilee's kind of stuck in between it yeah and then she's jubilee like, like gives him this little lecture about how the x-men are her family now and there's actually an animation of gambit yawning when she says that which is amazing. oh i didn't even see that that's amazing it is amazing and holy i was like holy shit. shit it's just like a fun little touch where jubilee's like lecturing him about how important this is and gambit's just being amazing yeah. and just being like I don't give a shit about all the bullshit. Because then, like, after that, Gambit's like, family? Ha! This family ain't nothing, nothing but, but trouble. trouble. And I go, honestly, yeah, Gambit, it's you're right. It's true. But he still goes <laughs> after her, I luckily. love the X-Men, but there's a, it's like high time drama all especially like, wolverine like oh my god he's the worst like him and rogue they get together and they just like have a competition about whose life is harder and everyone's like and gambit flirts with both of them i think gambit likes a project i don't know <laughs> so well it's, i think it's because gambit's a commitment phobe and so he like naturally gravitates towards people who he knows will never really be able to be with him and rogue and yeah, wolverine are absolutely those people oh totally anyway logan meanwhile somehow puts on <laughs> his entire costume and just pulls this is like in a jeep no, on a new york city he does not pull up he drives wildly through traffic and nearly runs <laughs> over 15 people who are screaming and jumping out of the way and then he just gets out of the car runs into he the sewers, leaps like, out of the car dramatically he almost killed a bunch of people because he's just so distraught that like yet one of his exes it's like i haven't we've encountered 35 of these and every single time he just like loses goes berserk and loses his mind and i'm like dude i don't even you need to deal with some of your i love wolverine but he does need to deal with some of his emotional baggage because it's like he can't even deal with the thought of somebody that broke up with him even remotely or disappeared like yeah like it's a, suddenly it's coming back into the picture it's yeah he's really like oh shit i forgot that i had yet another ex that i didn't follow up on for like years <laughs> anyway he runs into the subway which i assume his jeep is just gonna get towed because he just left it randomly on the street in it's like, new york city it's like i know city. you can't do that in new york city yeah you it's hilarious to that. imagine that like later wolverine like walks back out and he's like where's my car anyway that's later yeah. um so he runs I mean, off it doesn't the matter it's tunnels. scott's car probably yeah, so yeah it definitely is scott's car <laughs> um and he crawls open this random cylindrical crawl space and uh i guess jubilee and gambit like drove after him or something they do because they, they park right behind him and then they just we see this scene of them going through all these like places that wolverine had just been and eventually we get to that same gate that's been clawed up and gamut's already like well we know he's been here because yeah. just following his path of fucking destruction it's like really obvious yeah like it's actually like, incredibly easy to track wolverine because like everything I, is destroyed <laughs> like not even trying it's like it's like he's just a teenager that's throwing shit as he's stomping off to his room yeah you know? and meanwhile he's like monologuing to himself as he's walking through the tunnel like he's just like oh standing around in the dark being he's like, like sniffing Yuriko. the fucking sewers like which can't smell good and yeah he's doing the whole yuriko bullshit but then he has a flashback to him standing with yuriko on a bridge in japan and i'm okay, right so by the way because i looked you this are up right. and they specifically combined mariko with yuriko so i got confused because i was like there's another episode in like season five like the bad season where yeah. wolverine goes to japan but i just read about it right now before we started recording it's actually like just a random japanese village that they, they go to and that they oh, like great made i have up a, a feeling bunch of we know characters. what that episode's gonna be like then <laughs> wolverine yeah, exactly. going to a place that i thought that was his not japan mainland story. united states and no but i people. thought that was like the japan story for the animated series but i'm just like totally wrong about that because the silver samurai is in there yeah i know that much well i guess we'll see when we get to it but for the moment they've definitely combined those two characters so yes. like in the comics mariko and logan have like 
this nice the actual romance. It's not like this right. wacky rivalry that he has. I with mean, like Yuriko Deathstrike. and uh, Wolverine. Uh, they don't really have like they have like a sexy tension, but they're definitely rivals. Yeah, well, sort of. It's more like it reminds me a little bit of Slayers a little bit, where like Naga has decided that Lini is her rival. It's kind of like that because Wolverine yes, doesn't even know who the that fuck Lini she does is. Strike, yeah, which is a way funner way for that to go down. But it is. But instead, they decide to do all this emo bullshit. Is, so anyway, I don't like it. I don't know how I you don't felt either. about it, it but just, I didn't like so that they weird. combine these two different characters and like. It's I don't know I'm not crazy about that so I don't like that they did it because they were like okay we'll just combine these two characters together because they're both Japanese well and also that, in and like, just like it's just a way no. to make the female character seem completely crazy because like yeah her like, motivations are really wild here like they're really they, she's just like emotionally okay well I was already in that like she's emotionally out of control but so is Wolverine so honestly if they hooked up I could sort of oh, get it I mean but I like, do get it they are yeah. made for each other but whatever so <laughs> so Logan in this version he's da- he's dating or like seriously involved with Yuriko and they're standing dramatically together on a bridge in Japan it's very picturesque there's probably cherry blossoms in the background and all that there stuff there are it's like they're like blown around yeah it's it's, actually it just looks a, like this it's, one it's scene from... is actually just anime yeah it is it's beautiful and so logan is telling her that he has to leave for a while because some guys in canada need to see me and they're not the kind of people you say no to this is this is like already confused because it like is. because it like is. in this own canon of this tv show he's already established that he was with silver fox at that time I know. so now they're saying he was also with your your oh, well, i was confused like, about that too i was like when did he go to Japan? Right, and then I was like, okay, so maybe they just don't. They didn't, did they like, like forget do the research? They, but then they, they don't because then they use a clip like right now <laughs> from know. the episode that where they established all this. Okay, wait. So, so at some point while he was sleeping <laughs> with everyone, Heather, the entire Alpha Flight yeah, and Silver Fox, while he was sleeping with all of them, he like stepped into a portal to Japan for like a second. He he like met up with Gateway in Australia and then stepped into a portal to Japan and just quickly met Yuriko and then was like hey let's date for a while and she's like I'm worried I'll never see you again and he says I promise whatever happens I'll come back to you which like don't say that man because you know how that goes Wolverine specifically <laughs> yeah you have like 16 like, you have a other problem. girlfriends and boyfriends and just and like all these people children everywhere with. like come on dude anyway so, so then so we, we, we see, see Maverick and Wolverine they're piloting a helicopter mm-hmm. for weapon X and then they're running through the woods. Well, it's, and it's Wolverine... an Alpha Flight helicopter, right? Because it has a Canadian flag on it. Oh, wait, you're right. Okay. Oh my god, I can't even keep track of like. And so what's he's what running here. around in the woods, like doing Alpha Flight shit, I guess. And I don't. No, he's... He, he's not Alpha Flight. Yet. That's after Weapon X. He was part of like a different thing that I think was also sort of. I don't know. Okay, it's so, so then complicated. This has to be before the Alpha Flight stuff because the otherwise with this makes no in general sense. Is that they've that in even its own canon of the comic books they've keep on adding more and more to his background <laughs> and they keep on like There's being like, like he's even older than you think for him to yeah, they keep dated like, this he's many older people. than you've ever you could think of now he was born in the 1800s and he's gotten amnesia like at least six times but somehow and like, every single thing that's happened to him happened in like the 70s and 80s because that's the setting of like every single one of these it's events it's like a little out of control because they keep on trying to expand on it and like they don't need to like it's they're just like he's lived forever <laughs> and he keeps getting amnesia and like I, he's, he works 
worked for every government. He worked and I'm for like, Canada okay. 16 separate times and doesn't remember any of the individual <laughs> times. So anyway, this is one so of the times that he I worked for Canadian I think the cartoon's doing the best Force. they can with like all this fucking like information. I know, and in a sense, I can't blame them for combining two characters. I just feel like the result is that it gives both characters short shrift and like it's really that's crappy. Yeah, right. But and whatever, that's, and that's bad. Um, okay, but I laughed really hard here because. It was both annoying and I laughed at it because basically Wolverine trips and he falls into a <laughs> hole and that's how Weapon X gets him and I was like, that's how they get him? That's the big kidnapping scene? He tripped and fell into a fucking hole? It's actually amazing. Like, And honestly, I was like, are you serious? He was still conscious. He could have gotten out. He doesn't. I, I couldn't he deal. literally is just like, sitting there in a hole and there's like, I don't know, maybe like three guys tops kidnapping yeah, him? Yeah, they're, they're just staring at him. They don't even have weapons. They're like... And then smash cut to Wolverine in the tube oh my in god his this underwear. is dr cornelius and professor Thorne are there being like they just they took the clip. on wolverine <laughs> okay yeah seriously and it's you know the alpha flight episode where we went into origins mm-hmm. it's a, it's a literally full, like, two minute clip that. of that we get to watch that whole thing again like we've already seen wolverine being infused with the adamantium yeah, at the least silly like two straws three are putting times the adamantium fucking... back into him they're saying yeah, the you know, same we were just, shit we just again. reviewed x-men 2 and i kept on saying that during that i was getting real tired of watching him have that nightmare sequence of him being like, infused with the fucking weapon x stuff and then in this we had to watch this. it again and i was like oh uh, my god again. i get it <laughs> it's like we all know wolverine's backstory i thought it was really funny because we had just spent the previous episode of this show complaining about lady death strike and complaining about seeing wolverine get infused with adamantium <laughs> 60 times and then what should x-men the anime series do, it do again. but deliver those precise things to us on a silver ladder <laughs> it was really really funny to me anyway as soon as wolverine gets infused with the adamantium which weirdly doesn't appear to hurt him at all even though he's been complaining about that for his entire fucking life in this episode he just goes hmm this is itchy and then he pops his claws <laughs> and immediately gets out and doesn't appear to be in any physical pain whatsoever okay, but also this is important to note that he doesn't actually kill anyone during no. this he like sets some shit on fire and then runs away but that's important to note that he does not kill anyone but i think here, so. i think that's why we're supposed to believe him later when he denies yeah exactly that. but yeah so so then he goes back to japan and now it's winter and there's a full fully fledged snowstorm happening so but obviously a bunch of time has passed because before it was like summer or spring and now it's like the dead of winter mm-hmm. and wolverine just like walks in he's like honey i'm home <laughs> like you he's know also like, like don't be scared yuriko it's just me and it's like a completely empty abandoned house i guess yeah like, and then he's like yuriko and he runs out on the porch and just screams yuriko <laughs> and i'm like why does wolverine run out? I, like, I get it i understand that before cell phones because we came from that generation that it did not have cell phones so yes you have to go physically look for people you'd have to call out to their windows to get them to come outside yes but wolverine just runs into the woods and starts screaming it's, with no intention it's no really plan. funny though i mean it's funny it's but like, it's not supposed to be he does this for like 10 minutes anyway so then so, we go back to wolverine monologuing about all of this to himself in the tunnels and he just he's literally talking to himself <laughs> i like to imagine that he just recapped literally everything we just saw aloud <laughs> to himself and then he concludes it by saying i told you i'd come back to himself slash the yuriko in his mind that, i guess so and then meanwhile gab and julie are like right fucking there down the hall well but also this the, random other cyborg guy is eavesdropping on him as well and i, oh, yeah, I don't right, remember which that. one this is it's the redheaded yeah, it australian one they they're, all they're have names all, but they're just reavers they're reavers anyway i know they're actual characters and one of i remember the one that's called pretty boy is the brunette one but i don't remember any of the other ones sorry yeah i think that's the one most people remember because his name is pretty yeah because it's a funny name anyway the redheaded australian guy is like speaking into his communicator and telling yuriko that logan is here and like 
monologuing about her so it's like clearly him he doesn't say that yeah I, that's right it is and funny she's though like, and she's like attack but i want him taken alive and then he's he has this like crazy accent and he just says this line that i wrote down phonetically and i have no idea what the fuck he says he says okay i just immediately lost it oh my god Maddie, <laughs> what are you doing i really want to know because i don't even know mon revis convert on tagen <laughs> It what must be does like, that mean? Like, it, is it some sort of like army lingo? Maybe I don't know. I don't know if anyone can speak Australian. Let me know. Australian, what the fuck okay. That Australian says. is not another language. It's I know just that. An accent. And this character just speaks English for the rest of the episode, <laughs> except but in, in a heavy like, Australian like, accent. But in this one line, I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's saying. Anyway, I don't. I just ignored it because, like, meanwhile, Gamma Julie like hear this. Well, and the Gamma's guy starts like, shooting at Wolverine to kidnap yeah, him, and as soon like as Gambit sees happening. the blast, he's like, "You're right, Petite. He needs us." And it's like, no shit, dumb. I know Jubilee's just kind of like fucking dumb. We've watched him do this with like 95 other exes and they all try to kill him at the end. Like we know what goes down. Yes. And so, so, but they're keeping their distance because then all of a sudden the other cyborgs and this tank guy show up and like Wolverine rips off a guy's arm and realizes that they're like cyborg dudes. And he's like, I want to know. So how far away are Gamma to Jubilee? Because they can hear all this, but they they never go in and help her. They're just like watching it happen. And like Jubilee keeps being like, so should we step in at this point? Oh, and for some reason Gamma keeps being like no no Petite it's not time it's not the right time yet because <laughs> I mean like, at this point it Wolverine... is time they don't do that good of a job but whatever we'll get to that so I mean I I, I think they do the best that they, they can, can but I enjoy yeah, that scene but so. it's really funny that they're just like standing right there staring like, at all this happening to this. and being they, like so they, they were, maybe they were just like sitting there waiting to finish they didn't realize that Wolverine was done monologuing they were just like <laughs> listening to the backstory because they're like well Wolverine's not going to tell us because yeah, he only talks like to himself most that he's ever spoken to them about his life anyway so wolverine calls the cyborg guys tin cans which is sort of bringing up this interesting theme of the episode which is about like body modification and how wolverine is like judgmental of the cyborgs for modifying their own bodies but he he's also judgmental of the morlocks it's... he is he's a judgy guy wolverine has a all of a sudden really throwing I don't know, stones from I his think it depends house. who's writing him you know like sometimes he's like really great because like wolverine canonically is a character that is like loving of all people no matter who they are in this but episode in this show, he's he, like kind of a dick to everybody yeah because in this show he goes back and forth between being that and also just being a straight up asshole and i'm like i don't know dude like i don't think the writers had fully figured out how to write like some some have some I have done a really good job with it why he is the central character of this first episode is because the character was becoming so popular by this point like that's okay i was thinking about that because we had done the 90s commercials and yes. like how wolverine eventually became the them. central yeah, character yeah yeah and like in this episode obviously it's all about wolverine and we're getting to know yet another ex-girlfriend because that's like the only card they have to play with wolverine is like introducing yeah, because when another you think ex. about it too in the first and second seasons he was there but he didn't he was like never really central now they're like now wolverine is the main character yeah but they're still figuring out how to write him i think which is an interesting yeah, I think so point too. like he was popular when he first came around in like the 80s i think he was still fairly new even at when the, at this show had started like, i mean i not, think this was, like, show was part of what clinched his popularity for like everyone you know i agree i agree because he was also really well liked in the comic books but i think this is what brought it to a 
bigger a larger audience people, yeah so. for sure yeah anyway so anyway so wolverine demands to know where yuriko is and she finally shows like, up and like, this is when it starts getting way over the top I of the know, rest of the episode as if the before it wasn't and just eating up all the scenery every everything in sight oh and my so god lady deathstrike goes here i am or don't like you waiting? recognize me yeah it's like, oh my which, god it clearly doesn't he looks like wolverine would do wolverine is the king of waiting in the corner and he then totally dramatically is, but she's also waiting for you and then he's like horrified yes he's like, he's like what, what have you done to yourself this? he says and she goes yeah. don't you find me beautiful i did it for you and then she goes the yuriko you know no longer exists i am lady deathstrike now living weapon of revenge she says that line like 600 times 50 the more yuriko, times also this know, is no like very exists. belladonna again it from is. like you know when gambit it's like the same it's, thing it's like, got the same problem as the belladonna thing that we brought up where like a character is upset that like a sexy male character has rebuffed them in the past and so she just so she became a super villain loses her mind because you know yeah. how women are they just can't that's that's how i felt too i was like here we go again <laughs> yeah and so, so wolverine goes revenge for what and then she like just goes on and on saying she searched for years to find a way to become strong enough to destroy you and at first it seems like it's because they broke up and i was like what the fuck like really she became a cyborg just because she's so angry that wolverine disappeared for like a while and like didn't tell her yeah where well he they, they eventually explained that but during this we're but seeing the sequence of eventually we're yeah we're seeing this we don't know the full situation like that's i guess one reason why she's, she's not a wolverine in time there to is like a second reason that she'll get to and while while she's monologuing at length about how mad she's at wolverine there's like all these shots of her entering this pod and like all the cyborg guys are watching her and she's like becoming the wacky oh my cyborg god lady and she, that she is now she had this line here she goes i decided to change my outer form to match the darkness inside of me and i'm going like this is so much even warren even archangel is like whoa take a take a step yeah. back hold on and so wolverine is also being just as overdramatic in response about like what she's done and he's like i had no choice over what i became over what was done to me like he's judging her for like doing all this body modification stuff and then yeah. she reveals twist numero dose which is i did it for professor oyama the man and wolverine's who, like who the fuck is that i think he does know who it is he like dramatically goes oyama for like an hour and just like <laughs> stares at nothing and then she's like uh let me refresh your memory the man who designed the adamantium bonding process that made your skeleton possible and then she drops a huge fucking bombshell on him which is that this guy was her dad and somehow that like never i don't i don't came okay. Up. But this, I know Why because didn't I, Wolverine I, know the last name of the. I was gonna say, I think maybe Wolverine with. was like, "Oh shit." They have last names, and I was like, "Oh my god!" She's Logan, like, I can't literally years you. later, I'm gonna finally tell you my full name is Yuriko Ayama, and he's like shocked oh by this. And oh then my god. she's like, "You destroyed him, an innocent scientist, for what his discovery helped do to you." <laughs> I love this though, because she's like, "She's like, you killed him for innocently kidnapping <laughs> you and torturing you and forcing this on the sake for the sake of science, you monster." Yeah, it's like, and it's like, "Whoa, what?" And so then they start. <laughs> fighting and throughout this Wolverine is like I don't want to hurt you Yuriko and Yuriko is like my name's not Yuriko bitch and like and <laughs> and Wolverine keeps like, being what like the actual 
fuck is happening down there? And Jubilee's like, who the fuck knows? Wolverine keeps insisting throughout all of this that he didn't actually kill her father and, like, doesn't know what the fuck any of this is actually about, essentially. No, we never find out, honestly. Meanwhile, so. this, like, wacky fan of the opera organ is, like, playing in the background. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. The music that. is, like, insane here. And so then they finally, like, the fight comes to a head and, like, and it starts, Wolverine okay, this, lifts this his claws dramatically so in the air though. and he goes, I loved you once. <laughs> like, he's about oh to, like, my God. give her the fucking killing blow. And then, pretty But they boy, don't do that. They actually just kind of, like, attack each other and scratch each other well, for a while. Well, they're, like, cat fighting. Like, this? they're both, like, batting it's each other's claws. It's literally cat fighting. And then they're gonna do that more later. Like, whenever they fight each other, it's just them, like, batting their claws at each other. Like, it's... <laughs> literally. And eventually the Reavers are, like, sick of this shit. Yeah, so they the, shoot the a net into Wolverine. Yeah, the amazing. Where Pretty Boy just, like, quietly, calmly raises his gun and shoots Wolverine <laughs> with the net. I laughed so hard because, like, the animation of his facial expression, it's like he's just so lackadaisical. It's really fucking funny. Okay, I hope, listeners, that you understand what we say by saying that this isn't necessarily a good episode, it's but, like, really it's fun. very enjoyable to watch. So. It's super fun. And so then he's in this net and Deathstrike like looms over him and she's like trash talking him and stuff and being like you should have finished me when you had the chance and it's like clearly he tried and couldn't do it so whatever. Yeah Wolverine was too busy being like Oyama so. <laughs> and just being like I can't remember all of my girlfriend's names this is and really all my hard boyfriend's for me. names. <laughs> I, I seriously still want Scott Summers versus the world in which Scott Summers is trying to battle like all Wolverine's evil exes for his affection, which is pretty much the entire Marvel Universe that at this point. That is a form of fan art that somebody should send to the mutantages at gmail.com. Anyway, Absolutely. Deathstrike is about to, like, kill Wolverine, who's just in this net. And all of her Reaver friends immediately turn on her and point their guns at her and are like, No, Wolverine is here to open that stupid alien ship. This was the entire point of this. I know, because Lady Deathstrike's like, I don't want that anymore. I just want to kill him because I'm emotionally out of control. And I was <laughs> and like, And all the oh men in the God. room are like, no, we're in charge now. And she's like, okay. And I was like, Jesus it's, it's, Christ. It's so bad because it's like the men are like, you're just a crazy emotional woman. And she's Let like, the men take care true. of this. We should do what you say. And, and I was like, what is happening in this episode? I don't know. Meanwhile, Gabe and Jubilee are still just in the background. They have not interfered <laughs> at all. They're just sitting there. And Jubilee, this is the part where Jubilee is like, should we do anything? Because they okay, are so kidnapping this, him now and he's like very clearly losing. Like This is like, okay, so if you listen to one of our other podcasts at Atomic Blue Productions, which is called Warcraft Valley, <laughs> it's about um, this fan fiction universe that our other friend Katie and I wrote as teenagers and it's got mostly the X-Men in there and like gargoyles and we're rereading it and laughing at it but there's a lot of like Jubilee following people around and like spying on them and I think it like I think had it's from to come this. from this episode. I mean it's from the comics like, too to. but yeah it's gotta be from this as well. So Gambit <laughs> Jubilee, Gambit just goes they are many, we are two, we wait for the right moment and like I mean like honestly that is the right way to do this I know, because like. but this was around when I started thinking to myself what the fuck is Xavier doing? Like Gambit has just like uh, taking Jubilee with him like into this absurd <laughs> he's like still on Cerebro he's been on Cerebro Xavier he hasn't just, showered in 24 hours we don't have a flashback to him for like I don't know another 16 hours because he is not even involved in this entire like operation this is just no, like a solo not. operation that everybody is doing completely alone anyway I just thought that was I funny. mean honestly Gambit's like right for not trying to like cause like if you look at Gambit's he's perspective he's a pretty he's, like, good no. babysitter <laughs> he is he's like he's like no there's two things I love about this one I love that Jubilee I know some people don't know it's Jubilee on this cartoon, but I I do like that in this. I that still for somebody love that her. Is like 
16. She is fearless and she's what she sees these like terrifying Terminator people with guns and she's not afraid to run out to go save Wolverine. It's like she's cool. like, I don't care. It's pretty cool. But then also I love Gambit here because I feel like Gambit is making the right calls here. He's not a leader, but he's like, no, I don't want you to get hurt. You're just, you're a kid. And also like, I also have to try and figure out what to do about Wolverine's situation. And like, I really have to make the right, the right call here because like, I don't want us all to die. Like, yeah, it, I it's, think it's in a lot. character and it, it's fun because it's like still Gambit being a little selfish in a way because the scene that happens next is that they're like walking through these gorgeous caverns slowly uh, yeah, following everybody it was really nice and then animation. they see all the Morlocks and Nets and Jubilee is like oh we have to help them and Gambit goes we'll help them later if we can which is such yeah. a Gambit line I it was really like, is he, what he's saying there is that they're really going to prioritize saving Wolverine and they don't really care about anybody else. And like, and also Jubilee they're cares about like all these saving... other people. I just thought it right, was but cool. Right, but Gambit's like trying to be like, yeah, I'm trying to save Wolverine and also ourselves at this yeah, point. Yeah, like, like he I is kind of like a I little I cannot selfish. save 18 Morlocks right now. Yeah. And like, <laughs> they may be people that be people we have to leave for dead in order to yeah, save he, ourselves right now. We know Gambit is that heartless from other episodes. He he like yeah, decides mean, like, who he cares about. Those people are important for the time being and everybody else can suck his dick. Yeah, it's like if you put Gambit in like the zombie apocalypse scenario, he would be the guy who'd be like, no, this person's already been bitten. We have to leave them. Like, <laughs> and like, which is, and everyone would be like, you can't do that. But Gambit's like, Okay, I don't want to die. So like, Gambit would just abandon the the entire group if any of them were weak enough to stay behind. Anyway, back at the spaceship, the (laughs) Reavers, the classic spaceship, the Reavers have carried Wolverine in the net to the spaceship, and then they take the net off, and he's like, "What happened?" And then like gets into a fighting stance and is like, "Now I remember." And this scene is so dumb because it's just like a repetition of what's already happened before, except now they're next to the fucking spaceship. And also, they're and then like, first of all, Death Strike's like. You're going to open the spaceship or so we're going to kick, kill you slowly. But if you open it quickly, we'll kill you quickly. Yeah, and Wolverine just and like gets like, away I'm and they're all shocked by open this. It. Like Wolverine just keeps fighting them and refusing to I open know. it. I know. And also they're like, wait, he's going to fight us back and get away. I'm like, you guys took the net off of him. Yeah. Why did you do that? And like also what? And I, I did appreciate Wolverine just being like, open it yourself. Because like, why the fuck does he even care about this stupid spaceship? Wolverine's like, I tried to figure out what the, she's screaming that like he killed her dad and Wolverine like dude i didn't even know you were still alive <laughs> yeah like what is happening also she hasn't contacted him but whatever anyway well, you have to remember that this is back in the 90s before like we had like internet so she would have to figure out a where he lived that's true but he, if he got amnesia and went to the x-men it's not like she fucking knew that so but i guess also after the whole weapon x situation where apparently her dad died in some mysterious way she was probably pretty mad at wolverine i guess yeah. but like he didn't know that she even knew about any of that but also like how did she find out I don't maybe know. this is whatever we'll never know and it's not in yeah. the comics so that doesn't answer a question the comics are totally different <laughs> from this anyway gambit and jubilee show up gambit like uses little staff to like knock a guy's gun out of the way and he's throwing cards at people you this here we fight, go this and actually are kind of fun. fighting each other which is very they're fun. still doing that they're still slashing each other there's two parts here that i like there's one gambit gets shot with the net yes but and before, he uses his and, powers to explode the net which is but you can crazy. see that you can see that he's he's gets hit and he could you can see that it's hurt yeah like quickly draining him and he's making like a quick decision to blow up and he knows it's gonna hurt himself because it blows up it and then does. you see all this damage on him and he falls down like because he's hurt but it's like he had it's like he's that or he's gonna get knocked out with this thing yeah and then meanwhile jubilee does this thing that i fucking love where she jumps on the back of the fucking like reaver that's also a tank 
rips off his sunglasses and shoots fireworks into his fucking eyeballs i know and so and he's then, blinded and then she like and then she writes like, him like a kid like on a grocery cart and i was like okay that's awesome it's really fun so, but then she gets distracted because gambit gets grabbed by a different cyborg guy who's like electrocuting him and so yeah and then that, he falls on the ground and we get this weird angle that looks like he might be getting butt fucked we're not sure <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever your fantasies may be. And then, meanwhile, the stupid Australian guy runs up and grabs Jubilee, like, while she's distracted from that. Yeah. And then Yuriko and Wolverine are still fighting. <laughs> Wolverine says, it doesn't have to end this way, Yuriko. And she goes, Yuriko is gone. There's only Death Strike, which is like, Again. oh, my God, stop. And then Wolverine, like, throws her off him into the spaceship. And as soon as she touches it, it starts, like exploding with that green crazy light again and xavier we finally go back to xavier who i guess has just been fucking sitting there and he's like he's still screaming by the way screaming again because he can feel the force field again and now he knows what it is and he's like it's a warning don't open the ship but no one can fucking hear you dude because i know your powers apparently aren't powerful enough i was gonna say you're on your telepath yeah just like send him a message why can't you use your literal you literally have to use your brain yeah literally like, it's like telepathy. he has a key piece of information that he could be sending to wolverine that he doesn't send to wolverine here and there's no logical reason for that like why is xavier in this fucking episode at I all well because i think if i remember correctly i think this leads up to him getting all these weird visions from lalandra because she starts trying to contact them i think it has to be connected with that i mean I, I get that they just, like, want to indicate that this is, like, some sort of spooky psychic power, and this, so they need Xavier to be there to, like, foreshadow that, but I don't know. It's stupid. Anyway, so Wolverine opens up the ship. I don't know why he does this, but Wolverine, like, scratches on the ship in order to get it to stop attacking Yuriko, it's really funny, and it, he's like, like, works for some fucking I know he's, like, screams at the ship, too, and I was like, that ship can't hear you. I'm like, well, maybe you can't. I don't even know what kind of ship this is, honestly. I don't either. I don't remember. So he scratches <laughs> it with his claws and she falls over and he like leads her away. Like he like puts his arm around her. Like now they're friends all of a sudden. And like, yeah. And Jubilee gets away because the Reavers are shocked. And she yeah, comes like running Everybody's up staring them. at the ship because now all of a sudden it's like exploding with green light. And like, essentially, okay, this, everybody this, stops this, fighting, which is kind of cool. Like everybody's just like terrified, like staring at this thing as it's exploding. It's actually, this one part is actually animated in a terrifying way. And it's playing this like high pitched worrying sound. It and is. it's like, everything's getting really bright. And it's like kind of freaky. It is. And everybody's like cast in this green pallor. And so Jubilee or whoever is like, what's happening? And Wolverine just goes, I don't think I want to know, which is amazing. And, that's, and the last thing we see is this like green vagina getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's really like a green smiling grin, like a spooky. Is it? Grin. I don't know. I don't know. It's just what like it's, it's, a, it's a crack that like gets bigger You're and right. bigger and it's bigger. It's a vagina, and that <laughs> is I'm, I'm, what this episode is episode. really about. It's about gynophobia hope, and just yeah, misogyny. You know and I hope our listeners enjoyed our description of it because it was kind of crude. But <laughs> I don't know where else to go. I mean, this show can be crude sometimes. But you know what I'm saying? Like this is like I don't know. You know what? That's what people tune in for on this show. Is just us. That's true. They're here. They're here for the Wolverine. X Men: The Animated Series in an unnecessary. Early sexual way yeah. with swears. Are in there Mr. any politics Sinister? in this episode? Nobody knows. There are no politics, are there? No, I mean, other there than me complaining about like the treatment of women and Asian characters on this show.
Jubilee gets to look good, but you know, anyway. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say there's three things that we could talk about. Um, well, actually four. So uh, the first one is like the whole body. Yeah, the body stuff. modification There's stuff. body stuff. There's also stuff here about how women are just too emotionally crazy that <laughs> well, they become super villains. Everybody knows oh, that. Oh, yeah, you're right. That You're right. Um, there's also the how we are just combining characters of a different race into one character because they're that race. Yeah. And then also there is like, what was the other thing? Oh, give me a second. Um, well, I'm not thrilled about any of those i mean i don't know i think the body modification plotline is kind of interesting i don't remember where it goes but i i think that the reavers are kind of an interesting villain for the x-men and for wolverine for that well, reason the reavers i don't think they go anywhere in this but the way that wolverine treats the body yeah i mean modification stuff is weird it's but weird. it's like i don't i don't see it as sort of like a transphobic thing because i don't think that's what it is i think this is more I like i don't think it's that because i don't think that like that was even what anyone would be thinking of then i think it's like i think it's like a terminator reference where just the idea of yeah. robots and stuff was right considered... and it's kind of and pe- well okay so here's here's the thing that you're probably forgetting about that was kind of on the rise in the 80s and the 90s where people were really afraid of what technology could do to people yeah and we hadn't had cell phones yet and like people were already like because like you know now people everyone has tattoos and piercings that was not the case in the 80s it and 90s wasn't. the only people who did were like the goss and the punk kids like us so we had them but like a lot of other people did not have that but also there was like a lot of um worry about us getting our hands on too much technology and like what it would do our bodies. I remember and there was also, like a like, scare. When are you not human anymore? Like if you have yes. like all these. And like that was sort of like what stuff. the Terminator like was even sort of yes. based off of. And like also, I remember there being a very specific time in the '90s where when the internet first surfaced, like people were like afraid that it would take a go a step too far, and eventually we'd like. And here's the I, I irony here is that people has. I think we can go ahead and say that like you know the yeah, internet people, people drone were like warfare. afraid that you would There's get like yeah exactly problems. and people were afraid that you would get technology implanted on you without allowing you to be tracked by the government at all times yeah and, and we, we really, have that now we currently we, we don't have it well, have it planted in us but we it. yeah exactly <laughs> we willingly take a piece of technology where anyone can find us at any point in time and like our information is spread everywhere so like I get what the we basically that, that have about. our own version of cables cube with us everywhere we yeah. go remind Pretty much. To kill That's yeah, it, it also tells us to like you know go back in time and kill people. Yes. Um, yeah. That's what it, my phone I, says to me every night before I go to yeah, bed. Yeah, me too. It's a, but except Siri is now an Australian man because I wanted it to sound like Hugh Jackman. So wait, really? Yeah, that's the okay, thing you could right? do. I didn't know you could do that until like Katie explained it to me. I was like, really? You know what? I changed my mind. Technology's good. It's Location great. tracking is good. <laughs> I I agree with all of it. Mark Zuckerberg is amazing. And yeah, I don't but have I, any problems I, with oh, anything totally. he's ever done. You're right. Okay. Um, everybody's a transformer. Um, yes. You would like what? that, actually. But I would. I see. That's probably part of why I'm like the Reavers are kind of cool because I, like I tend the to think that too. robot characters not are really very cool. good because they are always trying they to aren't. murder people. But you know, they aren't. And like when I was waiting for you to be able to record this episode, I went back and I read all the original like Reaver comics. Oh yeah, they're really stupid. They're like super stupid, and I don't recommend that anyone go back and read them. But the whole plot line where Yuriko and the Reavers kidnap Wolverine is actually how Jubilee and Wolverine meet. I don't right. know if you remember that. 
no, they do because like, like they capture when they crucify like sneaking him. around. Like yeah. it's it's similar to this episode. Like clearly that's what they adapted. But Jubilee wasn't an X Man yet. She didn't know the X Men. She was still like hiding in the mansion and stuff, and like sneaking around, watching Wolverine just get tortured by the Reavers and like Donald Pierce, and just being like, "Wow, these people seem really scary." But I want to save this Wolverine guy because you know I I have a soft spot for him now. And so well, that's, she's been that like spying plan. on them through like the vents and shit at this point. So she like kind of knows who all the X Men are, and she I, she probably knows that Wolverine's a big softy because he goes into his room and monologues by himself, and unknowingly Jubilee's been listening in through the walls this yeah. whole. Yeah, and like in the comics, he's just monologuing while he's been strapped to this massive wooden cross, like oh Jesus God. style. Like, like that's what the Reavers well, put it, him but on. But it's like a, it's like an X, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's an X because you know X Men, but right. it's still supposed to like evoke that. And it's they're such stupid comics. But anyway, that that's what happens. I don't remember why I brought that up. I guess just because I know that since those comics came out in like 1989, at yeah. least according to my Marvel Unlimited subscription, um, that would be you know people. People had just seen Alien. The Jubilee like makes an Alien joke in the comic. And I, I was know. Like, okay. Well, Jubilee's, like, Jubilee's kind of cool. She's like so. crawling around in the vents and she's like, I'm just like Sigourney Weaver. And I was like, wow, it's so obvious when this came out. <laughs> so people were thinking about like, I mean, Alien is about like people being afraid of robots too, as well as aliens. And yeah. it's also like, you know, people were thinking about Terminator That was, that was like a lot of stuff travel. in the 80s because like the, the Terminator kind of like started that. The and like, yeah, we were on the rise of computers because we had just started to get... We did computers were massive back then, but they were like the idea of a home computer or a work computer was like just occurring. It was like DOS then, but yeah, and they were afraid of what it, the technology would do. And like by every right, they should be because we haven't created robots that are going to kill people yet. But like we're getting there. You know? I mean, we kind of do. Like, drones are basically that. We just don't think of them that way. No, and so, like, right. a lot of the language around Lady Deathstrike in those comics, like, Donald Pierce is, like, this over-the-top villain who's dating her in those issues. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and all of the, like, stuff, sexy stuff that he says to her is, like, you're not even really a woman. You're half a woman, which is, like... I don't know. It's kind of harkening back to what you were talking about earlier, but it's also supposed to make us be like, oh, she replaced most of her body with these cybernetic parts. Like yeah. we aren't even supposed to see her as a person. And we're supposed to think that's scary and like villainous and something disgusting about her. Right. So, I mean, there's probably something to that that I'm like not smart enough to make a point about, but that's definitely like the ham fisted 1989 bullshit of those comics. It's like, that's yeah. what's being said. And like, I, and like, I, I don't think, like, as I said, I don't think it's really sort of a trans reference either because it's not like... I don't think people were thinking of it in those terms then, but I think also, like, I mean, maybe this is a leap, but I feel like the punk scene and, like, different different scenes of that kind at the time were still, like, scenes where it was cool to be androgynous and, like, that was potentially yeah. seen as a scary Th I mean, thing. that's true. And so we talked about that already with, like, Mr. Sinister and the Nasty Boys and how, like, seeing that those characters presented as villains is, like, kind of bittersweet because we're like, well, but those are also the X-Men, right? Aren't they the punk rock characters who yeah. are, like, the queer characters that we're rooting for? And so then to see a group of characters who are, like, a mirror universe version of them and being like, but now it's bad. When these characters are gender-bendy punk rockers, it's scary. And, like, yeah. the Morlocks are kind of in the same boat, too. I was going to say, because, like, like, the Morlocks are are also in here but they're like in hiding and then we have the reavers who are like replacing their their human bodies with like not human bodies but they also yeah. hate mutants which like that yes, i mean that is, is a weird thing right because it, like it's really weird yeah 
I, I think it was just something the writers at the time came up with based on like the media they were observing and the cultural trends that they were observing. Oh, absolutely. And just were kind of like, who would be, who would hate mutants maybe, and maybe be kind of jealous of mutants. Perhaps they'd be these people who are replacing themselves with these robot parts. Like maybe that's a type of person who would arise in a world where Which mutants Which is a complicated exist. like thought to think about too. Because like- It if is. You, like for people that would like hate a group of people because- because they're jealous of whatever freedom those people have. Yeah, which I think that is very real. And also, like, they also, their self esteem is so low that they, like, have to replace the parts of their body while still picking on people who are seemingly, like, just happy being themselves. So they have to, like, make them the enemy because those other people are happy, which is, like, a real thing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, this is one of those situations where the show is, like, introducing a lot of concepts from the comics where I'm just like, I don't know if there's like a concrete political message, but I think the themes are really cool and I enjoy I them a lot. I do. I don't like some of the other messages. I don't messages like the Lady Deathstrike stuff though. I don't like that they're like that part is where it falls apart for me. It really does because they're like, oh, women are just so emotionally unstable. But as soon as Wolverine leaves her, she just loses her mind and like becomes a cyborg warrior, which like theoretically is cool. I know. But like then she revolves her entire life around being obsessed with a man who wronged her once, like a billion years ago I know. and like I mean, to did be he fair, even kill her dad I don't know I don't like that they they phrase it in such a way where she is doing that and also like the martyrs are like oh you're just a crazy woman having a, a, a woman emotional breakdown but to be fair at the same time we also are seeing Wolverine also just like having a cripplingly <laughs> huge meltdown because his ex is here and it's like I don't know. It's weirdly that, delivered. That is classic, and it's enjoyable to see Wolverine and I, I in don't that situation like, yet again. I don't. I, I, I really don't like that they combined Lady Deathstrike and Mariko because they were both Japanese and it seemed easier. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. I don't like okay. that either. That's like I, gross I also to me, feel and like, I don't like that. Why did they even? They don't need to do that. They could just have Lady Deathstrike still just be herself and because have her she only backstory enough motivation be, enough. Yeah, uh, like just for thinking that Wolverine killed her father. Because yeah, just he have it be that. That would just have, have been enough. They don't need to have ever dated. But it's like as though they can't come up with a strong female character for the show without like introducing some sort of sexuality to her as well, which like. I don't know. I mean, like Kalisto has to like kidnap Scott Summers and, and then like, also like try to like mate with to, him. To sex yeah. slave ring. And then like now we're introducing another female villain and she's like, also I'm Wolverine's ex. And it's like, okay. Yeah, I was gonna, well. I was second there. I was gonna be like, well, then there's Mystique. And I'm like, no, Mystique is like completely no, about like seducing people. Like, I'm okay and I really with her. I love it. Yeah. I mean, like, I love that trope because it's trashy and enjoyable but it would be kind of cool if there were a female villain that weren't sexy and then there's even once. mr sinister it's also yes, a sexy of woman so. <laughs> who is extremely sexy mr and mrs sinister oh both my god total sex pods who i love anyway yeah. i don't know that's that's all i have to say about that i still really enjoyed the episode and it was really funny so I did whatever too. i was like laughing because it was just like so much like it's not even that it's like over the top it's just like it's so much in the same way that we would laugh at Archangel and all of his emo bullshit. Yes. And it's uh, this time. It's, monologues are wonderful. And, and so are Lady Deathstrike. They're just like sitting there both monologuing. And like, and I just love that. fighting it's, each other with their claws. It's and so then ridiculous. And it's just like it. interspaced between like that and like Jubilee and Gabby. Like, should we get involved with this or not yet? Like, when's the <laughs> correct time? to like deal with our fucking emo friends right now oh they're amazing yeah anyway so is that is that enough politics i think it is i think so do we have a who's that x-men yes we do i do know who it is uh, no but let's <laughs> intro it all right who's, who's 
is that X-Men. All right, so it's Lady Deathstrike. Oh, really? Okay, great. Yeah. I just read some comics about her, yeah, but go for she, it. She honestly, the, you know what? For somebody that is has such a prominent space in our memories about the X-Men and the X-Men universe, she really hasn't been around as much as like we think she has. She hasn't. She hasn't. There are not even that many comics but in she's which she like, appears. I think, she's just, I think she might just be like a fan favorite. So like, it's like... It's know. a fun idea. It's like a fun concept to have a character who isn't I, a mutant, but is like a human who is so obsessed with beating Wolverine. Yeah. That, and it's a female character, which is cooler, frankly. And so she like goes and becomes a cyborg and like just for I think, no reason is just like, I'm going to kill Wolverine. Yeah, pretty much. I and that's just, really that's just her whole him. thing. She keeps I'm coming back. And, yeah. But I think my theory here is that we were done with Lady Deathstrike probably in the 80s to mid 90s and like that would have been the end of that but then she was in x2 and then i think they yes. she's been in the comics since x2 because they start but doing because weird she's shit where so she... underused in x2 like her fight scene is so cool in that movie and we complained about the fact that like she doesn't get to do anything else but she's so cool singing yeah. and yeah, it just introduces and I the concept she, i think that's how she got back into the comic books again honestly oh because and then that's... like circled back around and was in messiah complex and stuff yes, you think because that's why she eventually yeah. works with william Stryker in the comics post x2 which again makes no sense but it doesn't like, make any i sense. think it's like one of those situations where like at the time they were at least trying to like make up for the bullshit that was happening in the x-men movies and they were like oh yeah so you know rogue's real name is anna and also like william striker's son jason is alive and does have masterminds powers and like <laughs> lady deathstrike's also still alive and working with william striker but it's like all post you know x2 so like Mm-hmm. I, it's but they they've stopped doing that sense because they've definitely not tried to explain anything that's happened with like first class or uh age of apocalypse for sure you know any I of that mean, shit days of future past they just explain. they've given up on that at this point the so. only way to fix that is if they just let ryan reynolds get in there and like do some time travel yeah pretty much like <laughs> they're just they're just not trying to really write it to accommodate the the movies anymore they've just given yeah. up on that anyway so your uh, lady death strike uh, is spelled in two different ways. The strike mm-hmm. is sometimes spelled with an I, sometimes with a Y. Um, her real name's Yuriko Oyama. Uh, she did have superhuman strength, speed, agility, reflexes. She does have the adamantium skeleton, and then uh, she gets these huge fucking claws. She has an accelerated mm-hmm. healing factor and all these cybernetic parts. So it's like pretty much everything we saw in here. Some background as to how fucked up her childhood is is that Yuriko was. <laughs> born in Osaka, Japan, and her father, Lord Darkwind, also known as Kenji Oyama, was a crime lord and a criminal scientist who created the process of the bonding adamantium to the bone. And Kenji was previously a kamikaze pilot, and he didn't die during one of suicide attacks, and it left his face, like, horribly scarred. But he felt ashamed about this, so he went home and scarred both Yuriko and her brother's faces, too, which explains why she has scars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Yuriko wanted to get vengeance on him for doing this and for kidnapping her lover Kuro and her brothers and so she works with Daredevil briefly to sort of like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. free them of her father's servitude and uh, when she kills her father her brother commits suicide in honor of his dad and Yuriko is distraught by this and is like maybe I shouldn't have killed my father and maybe I should actually be honoring him now that I've killed him or like has some sort of breakdown yeah, pretty in reaction much. to her father's death because it's comic books and it's not like based on anything no, not, of really course. do <laughs> uh, and then so she's like I'm gonna take out anybody who ever dishonored him including all of his work so 
This is yeah. when she's trying to hunt down Bullseye for a little while, but instead finds Wolverine and finds out that he he has the adamantium in his, his bones. So she plans to kill him. But when she goes to do this, she he's working with Alpha Flight at the time, and they just like easily like get rid of that nonsense. They're like, okay, no, get out of here. Yuriko then went to the Mojiverse where she gets all of her cybernetic enhancements, which she did not get from the uh, Reavers. And then she, after that, joins the Hellfire Club because, you know, that's where Donald Pierce was with some cyborgs that were working for him, like Cole, Mm -hmm. Macon, and Reese. And then they go to join the Reavers, and that's when they capture Wolverine in Australia, and they, like, torture him and crucify him. And that's when Jubilee sees all that. The Reavers game was eventually broken up by Travis Fitzroy's Sentinels, and most of the Reavers were destroyed, but Duststrike survived. I think this is the start to when we thought that maybe she was dead for good. Yeah, I think they were going to kill all the Reavers, but then they brought a lot of them back later just because they're like different fan favorites. I think a lot of this came back because of the movies, honestly. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. then Deathstrike eventually did survive and she decided that she does need to kill Logan and she <laughs> went to... Because of X2, a fun film, so yeah, why not? Yeah, and in the process of trying to kill him... She, he she like destroyed all of Vindicator's house and then eventually it was like I'm here to kill you for having the adamantium on your bones and then we discovered that it's at that point where Logan's adamantium had been ripped out of him by Magneto and so he's just got bone claws and he pops them out to fight her and she's all like oh shit you don't have them and she's like well never mind you don't have it so I'm gonna bounce just uh, no big deal right and like leaves <laughs> And then so for a period of time, she did resurface as an ally to William Stryker, hacking the internet with her cybernetics and also working with the purifiers and eventually turning them into Reavers. She almost killed Sunfire during this time. During the Superhuman Registration Act, Lady Deathstrike joined the Thunderbolts to go after the secret Avengers who were refusing to sign it. And then during Messiah Complex, Deathstrike appears again with some new Reavers who are mm-hmm. just still, again, purifiers with cybernetic parts. And this is where, like... I I feel like this is where William Stryker X two really ruined William Stryker and his character in the comic books to an extreme degree because William Stryker's whole deal was that he was religious and he was taking religion to yeah, the extreme. He was a religious zealot who was against the mutants like, for religious the, yeah, reasons. Yeah, he's like basically the metaphor for any evangelicals yeah any, like re- any religion that's like that's yeah. like yeah like god says that gay people or black people can't exist and therefore yeah, we need like to white g- supremacists who use religion yes. to justify and that's what it, that's the whole thing and so then x2 happened they turned him into this like militaristic guy that was also like utilizing mutants and so then after that in the comic books I mean, they like basically they basically made him like a dr cornelius type of a guy which, yeah, which like, doesn't make know. sense and even in the comic books he's still a reverend and all that shit but now yeah, we've got well, that strike with the fucking reaver purifiers which makes no kind of fucking sense because i would think that would be the exact opposite of being pure so yeah i know like why would they want to replace their bodies with metal that seems like it wouldn't yeah. be what their god that right. they've decided exactly. on so like <sighs> x2 really sort of put a strain on this character and now and it also it brought death strike back in such a weird way like why would she work with this dude why would they and she's like i'm gonna kill all the mutants i guess and like i just it doesn't make any sense like why would they work together yeah i mean it's cool that she's back but yeah that is yeah, exactly. a fair point uh, during the time that the there was the new the new X-Men after Grant Morrison's run and it was like X-23 and all of those students, um, she battles the new X-Men and she brutally wounds Hellion during that but is taken out by X-23 and Rockslide who destroys her armor. Uh, she then appears again when everyone is trying to chase after Baby Hope and she battles the X-Force and X-23 nearly kills her. 
uh, and we think that Extreme 3 does kill her, but then Spiral comes back and repairs all the cybernetic parts because Spiral... Yeah, Spiral was the one who, like, helped in the first place from the Mojoverse. Everybody remembers that from uh, the Mojo episode we did. Yeah, completely. Um, And during that time, Madeline Pryor asks Yuriko to join the Sisterhood of Mutants, which was this really cool concept in which it was going to be Madeline Pryor with, like, all these other famous female fatales of the x-men working together yeah. and that whole thing fell short and it was it turned out that they they resurrected psylocke during that time because psylocke had been dead for a little while and it was like this really great like team up like i think lady mastermind was also there and i was like oh this is so great but it just felt short and like not very good and it's disappointing even still but anyway uh spiral had rebuilt death strikes cybernetic parts to make her more submissive so she keeps on referring to madeline as mistress um, and during the attack on the X mansion, because they're trying to get a lock of Jean Grey's hair that Logan had been keeping because he's a fucking weirdo, uh, <laughs> Deathstrike is tasked with sort of like taking him down and distracting him while they go and get that. And then Deathstrike and the Reavers later on tried to suicide bomb Utopia. Like they all show up and they're like, get to blow up the X mansion and all that shit. And the X Force stopped them. And Deathstrike escapes because she sends her soul and body into the internet oh sure that makes yeah. sense and then after this it's just stupid because then there's like this whole other storyline that happens where there's this character anna cortez that gets um that she downloads her like essence into and they like have this like back and forth and it's like so confusing and so dumb and it was during the time that was um the x-men comics that were just the all-female team and so like while those comics were really good and fun and i loved them this concept made no sense to me even now. So like, I just, I, I don't really get all of that. And then Deathstrike and the reverse tried to check out Logan to kill him for good during like the whole death of Wolverine thing. And Yurik is like, I'm finally going to kill you. And like, it doesn't really work out. And Logan manages to take her out before he goes unconscious and she barely escapes. And then after that, while she's in hiding, the new weapon X captures her and experiments on her. And that's pretty much where she is. So it's one of those, those situations where they had this cool <laughs> character they resurrected again because of the movies and then just did not know what to do with her and they tried to tie it in with what the movies were doing and just but they, they just failed. kind of fell flat yeah like and yeah. they like couldn't right quite position her again because there was like a 10 year period after x2 that the comics were not very good for a while there they weren't and i've stuff. read a lot of those i sort of vaguely remember like the x23 storyline that you mentioned and like a few things yeah. but yeah there it was a weird time it's a time period that most people consider like the worst x-men comics like, I, which like, is too I did, bad like, because that's Morrison when like a stuff. lot of people yeah. probably checked out x-men comics because they'd just seen the movies and also x3 had just come out on x3 I think X3 yeah. was actually the true downfall because I did like Grant Morrison's run, which some people love and some people don't like. I love it. I also love right after that when they did New X-Men with X-23 and all the new students and the mm-hmm, purifiers mm-hmm. had come back for that again. Uh, even though I disagree with like Yuriko working with William Stryker, I thought that was good as well. There were cool parts, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then after, I would say like, so House of M had just happened and also X3 at the same time. And it was just yeah. both those things ended up like crashing the X-Men universe for such a long time that it took us a while to get back to Jubilee was again. a vampire. Nobody knew what Well, first was Jubilee didn't on. even have powers for a little while. It was just like nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. It was just not a good time. And that's when Lady Deathstrike came back and they still have not figured out. Actually, no, I've read some of the Webhead X stuff that's come out in the past year. And that's actually, I've enjoyed a lot of that. Um, and I think she's been done decently and that but like if x2 had I mean, not happened i don't think she would have been resurrected now. as a character i think she would have been like put to 
to put to bed with like the nasty boys and stuff like that so yeah i mean she's definitely from that old time period of like the 80s comics where all these punk rock groups of villains were just roving the countryside trying to find the x-men yeah like that's definitely like the style of comic that i was reading today and i was like wow and like it's just it's it's in the past now but uh, that that does bring me uh, the fun idea that maybe the nasty boys would come back if we had a movie that had the nasty boys in oh it. they totally would yeah of course yeah that's how we got to do it obviously that's more achievable than marvel hiring us to write a comic they're gonna the i marvel mean you're Universe right they should actually just hire us. us to write the scripts of the movies that are now going to be the mcu mm-hmm. thank goodness finally somebody has to do it somebody somebody is like acknowledging that we're amazing writers right I hope so. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's so it. that's it. Okay. We want to talk about who's, who's gay? gay. The X-Men are a metaphor for a lot of things, but one of those things is being gay. But sometimes it goes beyond symbolic, and the X-Men I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's Gambit and Gambit Wolverine. And oh Wolverine. my god! But There's like no competition, Gambit. honestly. It's mostly Gambit like being jealous and being like, "I guess I'll help, but I'm not happy about it." I'm not because... happy that I have to help you with your another ex Wolverine. How many times are we gonna fucking keep doing this? It's like... funny too because like in the comics, it's just Jubilee saving Wolverine from the Reavers by herself, but they added Gambit in <laughs> to this episode. I think. Well, just because they think it's like a fun dynamic and it's like it's given the larger context of the show like they kind of need another x-men to be there and gambit and jubilee have like kind of a fun dynamic jubilee and wolverine have a fun dynamic and obviously gambit and wolverine have like i feel like they're banging so it's great like if they had put rogue in here it would have just like scuffed it up because then gambit would be like oh i don't really care about what happens to wolverine now well yeah you can't rogue and storm are just off fucking somewhere they're just like oh yeah canonically um yeah they're gone and scott and gene are also fucking like the two other couples are busy (laughs) currently and so gambit is left to pine over wolverine and and it's it's really great they literally like gambit winks at wolverine after they have the like sexual innuendos about hooping (laughs) yeah like putting a ball in a hoop yeah putting a ball into like a hope there you go yeah that's all i have to say yeah they're fucking glistening in the sunlight and i love that jubilee is like stuck everything was going so well before oh my god before one of wolverine's many fucking people showed up i do love jubilee here because jubilee is like she's like she's really uh, fun um so what do i do they're about to like Buff, I like, don't know why anyone right doesn't like Jubilee on this show. I don't know. I, I have yet people, to discover I it. I think people have strong feelings about her because of season five, because season five is so bad and Jubilee's fairy tale theater is so bad. And it's like, I okay. think that's what they remember. And, okay. Because well, it's like we'll what we ended on. We so um, I have vague memories of that, but you know, we'll see. We'll see it when we get there. We'll see all the X-Men being shadows of their former selves. Yeah. But yeah. So Gambit and Wolverine get the prize. There's nowhere else to suggest. There really. really isn't. And if there was like a fan fiction version of this, I would say Gambit chased after Wolverine before he left to like quickly fuck him before he leaves. That's the only time it would have happened because Jubilee's standing right there. And I think she's a little too young to be watching that. But who knows? So <laughs> I think it's just that maybe they go she's home together at the end of all of this madness and then they fuck after they get home. But I don't remember what happens in part two of this episode. So maybe it's fucking 
this maybe this is the two of them fucking in, in part two they're we'll just fucking next, in the ufo next time around i hope so i hope <laughs> so um do we want to rate the episode yeah um this is a fun <laughs> it's episode it's hard to rate episodes like this because because like i have to be like it's realistic bad, but, I, it's but it's fun. enjoyable to watch i'm gonna give it a three i was gonna give it a three too is that too generous i had no, a fun time i think i think it's it. a i i have here's my stipulations with it it's like the, it's a fun episode and it's fun to laugh at because it's just so over the top um it's got a lot of problems and it's not a strong opener to the no, season not. three after we've had it's two really very not. strong like both seasons once and it's two not had introducing s- larger themes it's it do- not it, well, like- it does it does introduce like we're about to deal with alien shit and that's gonna lead well, to the phoenix so it yes. sets that up but i feel like there was another way we could have done that that wasn't this whatever this yeah, was yeah and also like i don't really fully know why the morlocks are even in this episode because they all. have to go to the sewers that's pretty I much mean, it i guess but it's like it's kind of a weird narrative structure i f- i mean it's fun i understood everything that was happening which is yeah. more than can be said for some episodes of the show so in that sense i'm like yeah it's fine the narrative structure is a little weird but who cares um, i don't know if it's the next episode or if it's the one after that but i think that face that flies out of that thing mm-hmm. flies the, around the New York. vagina. Yeah, the big greeny <laughs> vagina. I think it ends up flying around and starts like possessing X Men or making X Men making hol- like holograms. That's interesting. They start because... that. And I think it also projects like holograms of things, and they like think shit's happening, and then it's not. That's interesting because the comics that I just read that this is like maybe based on are like the storyline that's happening simultaneously is Nanny possessing all of the X Men and making them like appear. Nanny's oh, yeah. like this other random Marvel villain. No, you're right. So I just wonder if like they read those comics and they were like, uh, well, let's just do something that's kind of these and then like a different thing. I don't See, know. I, I have I, no idea how they come I, up with I shit could for be the wrong show. about this. I might be confusing it with a different episode where like Scott and Jean were like in line for something and like then <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it was Gambit Wolver. I cannot remember, but I do remember there being a sequence where there was like a flying face flying around the sewers and this might be it. So Well, fingers crossed, folks. Maybe a flying face will fly around the sewers <laughs> if on we're the lucky, next episode of the We'll get to see a flying face in the sewers. Uh is it time? for plugs uh no we have to read our mail all right so our first email is from cameron who writes hi maddie and ryan longtime listener first time emailer question mark <laughs> first of all i love the show and listening to you both talking over the old x-men series has made me both intensely nostalgic for that particular time of my childhood and laugh out loud at extremely inappropriate times on the bus and at work so thank you for all you do Yo, you're, you're welcome, welcome. <laughs> I totally second Ryan's assertion that the villain in X2 makes much more sense as Mr. Sinister. I'd love to visit the parallel universe where we got that version of the film and a proper follow-up on the Dark Phoenix plot lines and where Brian Singer wasn't awful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, Nobody's going to argue that. As for your question at the end of the recent episode, I never finished the Once in Future King, but I did attempt it a few times in high school. It is, as you say, a retelling of the Arthurian legend, but with a huge number of changes and written during World War II, somewhat anachronistically. I wonder if this is supposed to connect to Magneto's concentration camp backstory, as it, it would is. have been a book the young Eric may have had access to before or after the war. Part one of the book is actually the source material for Disney's The Sword and the Stone, complete with a backward time-traveling Merlin, animal transformations, what? and all. Oh, see, that part I kind of remember. The Yeah, f- just from people talking about the book. I don't know anything about this book, so I'm glad you do. Take that as I- you will. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for a great show as always. See you next time. Regards, Cameron. I still don't understand what that book would have anything to do with Magneto specifically, but 
I'm sure it made sense to Brian Singer. I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> or I, someone, someone on the creative team okay, of the let's, film. Let's, I don't think Brian Singer wrote the scripts. So there's well, I that. know, but sometimes directors decide on props and things like that. Oh, that's I true. mean, yeah, I have yeah. no idea who decided on that prop. Maybe really someone just know. had that with them and they're like, would it be fun if he was holding this? <laughs> I don't know. And then like, it just ended up being something that was in multiple movies. Does it show up in the first movie or am I inventing that? Is it only in X2? Um, who cares? No, no one cares. I think it was in the first <laughs> season of X-Men and Beast was reading it. No, no, that is not true. Okay, Beast I don't know. Other random I bullshit. can't keep track of all the stupid fucking Beast books Beast reads. Beast has read like 16 other books that like, we've in one on day. That's like yeah. a normal day for him. If he was reading The Once of Future King, I've totally repressed it and people need to write it and tell I'd us. I'd be like, uh, fix I, that right now. That would all right, be really we have funny. another email from Claire who hasn't written Yay. in a while. And Claire writes, hey guys, long time, no me. First of all, congrats <laughs> to Ryan on the big move. You seem pretty excited about it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys can make now that you're in the same state again. And super congrats Hopefully to Maddie on recovery soon. mission. I had a day out from work last week, and I spent all day listening to it on repeat watching while playing Overwatch. Oh, wow. I put on an album. Did I even say that on this show? Nope. You wanna, do you want to say? Do you want to say what that is? <laughs> I put out an album. The you end. can just go to maddiemeyers.net and find it if you want. Anyway, don't worry about it. Continue <laughs> reading the email. Okay. Anyway, on to more important things i am really glad that the writers for the animated series chose to have the x-men square off with the friends of humanity and mr sinister at the same time mr sinister is basically exactly what the friends of humanity purport to defend against who wouldn't be afraid of a superpowered goth ribbon dancer who kidnaps people and puts them in bondage <laughs> not including the nasty boys types who i uh, understand exist <laughs> <laughs> However, the mistake the Friends of Humanity make is to see Sinister only as a mutant, and not to consider that this is only one part of what makes up his complete person. Not only that, but then they extend that same analysis to all mutants. This is an extremely realistic depiction of the way hate groups operate, and is another example of the way the show fucking nailed it. Yeah, I totally agree, and especially because we Claire just... Claire is so much smarter than us, it's like absurd. I, I feel like this paragraph right here is what we were trying to describe in our politics section Except today. Like stupidly we were like it's weird that these things yeah. are paired together i guess we'll never know why <laughs> no but like we were talking about how like hate groups like with the whole thing with the i know but we never fucking put that together dude no like, no i'm no, not gonna pretend right. we did no 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 we we're not claire totally did but i think she finished <laughs> she got the thought process we we're trying to even make right now with the reavers and we're like uh maybe claire can write it and explain it because maybe claire can run the, the politics section <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, continue. Also, really enjoyed the X2 episode, although I did miss all the scene setting you guys did for the first movie regarding what malls you were at when you saw the trailer. <laughs> I do have an actual question about your experience watching these movies, though. How much does faithfulness to source material matter to your enjoyment of something? I generally like when directors adapting work from another medium to film make changes as they can highlight the ways that each form is unique or can add new and different meaning to the story being told. That said, I know some people want faithful adaptions of the way they of the things they love just curious where you guys fall on that and why x you later the web's number one wharf slash wolverine shipper claire <laughs> i i mean i think we probably would agree with each other on this claire because i i feel like i enjoy adaptations if the changes that are made are in service of the new medium that the adaptation is in yeah. and 
maybe the changes are to plot or characterization or whatever, but they are necessary for the new medium. And I feel like the live action story, like took a lot of liberties just to do things that would be cool to do in live action or like to make changes that necessitate being told in, in, in two hours, you know, like obviously they have to yeah, make changes like, to I adapt guess, like, for if that. If you're going to do it through like a movie format from years and years of history, then yeah, you have to make changes. But I think, but I still feel like some of the changes didn't make sense. Like the striker one, I don't know or Rogue. why they did that. I like, yeah. I, okay, well, no, actually, I, no. I feel like we were more understanding of the Rogue changes in X-Men. And then yes. in X2, Rogue just sucks for no reason. And I think that's just like sexist writing. But I don't... So that just sucks. But in X-Men, I was kind of like, okay, Rogue is going to be the stand-in character for Jubilee. And like, I understand why this looks better on camera. It's more interesting yeah. to recap this story in a movie, etc. I think it depends on what we're doing here. Like, so... I think the MCU right now is doing a better job of taking years of history of the comic books and trying to translate it into something that people that have never read a comic book or care about these things can watch while people faithful to the source material can also super enjoy it. Um, mm -hmm. I think the MCU is, is doing hard. a really great job with that, even though I think the MCU has some other inherent problems, especially with the way that they treat women on that uh, yeah that. but there are exceptions like i think black panther is an example of like doing that really I well, well I like think, taking I think a character that that's been around for a really long time and yeah. like adapting it into a relatively short movie really well and like sort of being faithful to that adaptation but also coming up with totally new shit that fits in the mcu yeah, because, like, you i know? think i think the iron man movies also worked with that well they were like the first ones that like paved the way they for did. what the rest they of the did. mcu I was don't, be, i like. do not like how ant-man has worked out because they just like kind of skipped over okay, some very well, important stuff but we don't need to get into that know again how i feel about i know that. it has nothing to do with jan van dyne we both are like mad that that she was not one of the founding avengers and or running the avengers so and come neither on. of us have seen the new one yet so we have no opinions to share on it yet but if we see it we'll probably like record a mini episode for our patreon That's, or something that is probably the plan but um i i think that like when we look at things like x-men and x2 i I would agree with you, Maddie, that there are parts of that that at the time and even watching it, I'm like, I see why they did this. But at this point, I'm also like, I would like to see something that's a lot closer to what the comic books are like, because at the time, I'm like, oh, this is probably the best that we can get. But now I've been proven wrong that or the MCU can actually bridge that gap. Yeah, which then makes it all the more confusing when the X-Men movies at Fox are, like, really bad, which, again, we talk about constantly on the show. I think, but... I, I, like, X-Men and X2... Even though they stray very far away from the comic books, they're very enjoyable, and I feel like the characters do have moments. I think Mystique does really well in these movies. Wolverine um, is still amazing. I love Hugh Jackman's performance. Still. Yeah, so. I like he does really well, and we like Magneto, even though, he, even though he's not very much Magneto. But he's still um, like a fun character, so it's like fine. Yeah, you know? and, and we're like, gonna get to X three, and this is all gonna fall apart. And, and then for all the following terrible. films after that, it's just like I a mess. Know. It's a shit show. Well, except for I, I think I think First Class and Days of Future Past will be fun to watch again. First but, Class is fun, but it has like nothing to do with the X Men. Um, I know. Days of Future Past is actually pretty good, and even though it's not a correct adaption, I, it's one of those again one of those situations. It's closer though. It's got yeah. moments that are like sort of harkening back to specific moments. In I the don't want to give a pat on the back to Brian Singer in any form but I do think those three movies that we do like of the X-Men movies are directed by him so he to some degree well, understands I mean, how to make a, a movie shit, he's a piece of shit but he can make a movie <laughs> So. I think that I think it, what it is is that he's a piece of shit, but he has read and cares about the source material. They could yeah. have found somebody who read and cared about the source material who like 
wasn't Brian Singer and that's, hired I mean, them. That, I think that's you know? going to happen with, uh, but, honestly. And I think that that's what's happened with some of the better MCU movies is that they've, like, found right. people who well, really I think care about all, those things. I do think something like X-Men, when the MCU acquires the X-Men, we're going to get X-Men films, but I really also hope that we get some Netflix shows that are with some other of the teams because I don't think there's or any like way. Or, like, Hulu shows. I don't care which network they no, make a deal with. No, neither do I, but, like, the thing is that, like, with the X-Men currently we do have x-men movies and then we have like legion and is this another episode of what's going to happen when the yeah, mcu well, I, why doesn't this the have a theme song yet so we have legion and then I we have the know. fucking other one i can't remember the name of it and like legion had runaways? a fun for, what are you no, talking run, about runaways is mcu we we're talking about um the one with polaris oh the one i didn't watch gifted it's yeah and gifted is like a lot of people have been like oh it's so fun i'm like we can do so much better than this though I don't know. I feel like the best way for something like when you have to deal with a source material that's as big as the Avengers of the X-Men universe, it's hard to figure out how you're going to tackle it. And I think there's different adaptations. And I think I can get on board with something that's unique and different like X-Men and X2 are. But like, I also would love to see something more set to the MCU universe, if that makes any sense. And like, if I see an adaptation of like a book or something like a lot of people get mad about book adaptations and i always get mad about that and like of course that's not gonna be like the book because you've literally imagined a fucking scenario in your head it's never gonna look like the way i know that... it's never nobody's ever gonna look the same it's yeah but this is it's different with comic thought. books because you see it or, you can or when you see it we can end this in a second because i know it's gonna yeah, be late we're just but, like, gonna last for like the next I know, three hours but how, how do you how feel, do we feel Maddie... about each marvel comics adaptation in order well ryan i'm no, making no, a no. podcast that's with you what... where we talk about that right now i was gonna say this is a common question that's it has been posed to me though is like how do you feel about video game movies that like there's never been a good one and why can't it be done you know there aren't there aren't many good ones but i think there are movies that have taken inspiration from video games in interesting ways like usually run lola run is the answer that i give to this question because run lola run is a movie that is like predicated on the trappings of video games it's not based on a video game but it like or Existence, is which is also game. really good. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but people love that movie. Oh, it's so funny. We should watch good. that sometime. Anyway, so that's my answer to that question, which is extremely open-ended and which we don't have time to answer. So let's move on. Okay, Do we I'm have just, any I, more yeah, I'm just gonna read the SoundCloud comment because I want to. So okay, there was somebody great. who like wrote in and was shout like, out. This person's probably listening still. Yeah, I hope so. But like, I think it got resolved. But it was funny. Like he, he or she said, if you listen to Stanley, the creator said this is a metaphor of civil rights professor x was modeled after martin luther king and magneto's uh, modeled after malcolm x and it had nothing to do with homosexuality and i think i think they figured out that we knew that because then there were more comments on later episodes <laughs> where they were really enjoying the show um but and yes, it is true that like in the 60s a lot of the comics were about the civil rights movement and then later in the 80s and 90s there were a lot of comics about homosexuality and the AIDS crisis because yeah. the X-Men were responding to the political climate of the day. But this is so, also a show where we're going to say everybody's gay, so there's uh, that. Well, that too. But I also, like, that's just the facts. Like, yeah. those are the things that inspired those comics. Yeah, so, so we know. Whatever. But, like, everything... <laughs> I think polit- like politics affect, like, every comic book, so... They do, and they always have, and anybody who doesn't think that hasn't read anything i guess so whatever whatever okay anyway anyway um i hope they're i hope they're still enjoying the show and maybe i hope so maybe maddie's gonna decide to cut this out later i don't know no i won't i i'm i think this person kept listening and then eventually left a comment being like all right 
I guess you guys are just weirdos, but I'm going to continue listening yeah, to Yeah, I mean, you can, you're and totally, you know it's totally fine. You know if somebody listened to Philip as a comment that was like, you guys are fucking weirdos, I'd be like, that I'd be is like, true. Yes, and we'd read your comment <laughs> on the show and we would fully support it because yeah. this is a really strange show where we sexualize all the characters and <laughs> say that they're all sleeping together. And like, sometimes we don't even make it clear whether we're being completely serious or not. And we just like say in a dead We're just never, we're never going to tell. Up. We're not going to tell and you what's like canon what's not. you like what did and didn't actually actually happen on a given episode we just like say things as though they are happening and then continue on and that's either something you enjoy or it isn't and for those know. who enjoy it you're welcome maybe we should stop fucking with everyone i don't know maybe not i'd say no i say no this okay. is what our show is this we are we are taking after mr sinister it is our goal to fuck with everyone right i think so eventually we will all we'll live all in a cave on the savage land okay we need to end this we uh, do uh plugs yes plugs Plugs. Okay, so we've mentioned it a couple times. Um, we have a Patreon for our media company, which is Atomic Blue Productions, and we put all kinds of cool stuff on there, and people might not know about it. Like, we made a little episode about Deadpool 2, and it's on there, and we've got, like, all kinds of other stuff that you can only get if you back the Patreon. Yeah. And I just hope people know that it exists. So um, you should check yeah. it out. Our, our Patreon is Atomic Blue Productions, and... If- Atomic Blue Productions is very specifically a place where Maddie and I are producing video and podcasts. We've always been producing stuff together and only recently in the past couple of years we've decided to put it out there to the internet. And so we have some big plans and some other shit we want to make, but we do make videos and other podcasts. And when you mm-hmm. support Atomic Blue, you're actually just sort of supporting Maddie and I and perpetuating making more content for you guys. So Yeah, and like the YouTube channel is another great thing that you can go and check out. The yep. Atomic Blue Productions YouTube channel, like Ryan just put out another Mutant Ages video today, which is when we take he takes like clips from this show and sets them to scenes from the animated series, and they're always really funny and <laughs> yep. good. And by supporting Atomic Loop Productions, you support Mutant Ages directly. So yes, you support us taking time out of our lives to make these awesome things for you, and we love making them, and they will be free. But you know, the Patreon's cool too, and you get extra stuff if you back it. Also, you can email us at the Mutant Ages at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter. I'm at Mitty Myers, and I'm at Ryan. Pajel. And we also have, and we have a Twitter the called Mutant Ages the on Mutant Twitter Ages. as well. And am I forgetting anything? We uh, have Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. We have all those things for Atomic Blue Productions, and you should check them out. Yes, we have uh, all those things. And I feel like we're brain farting on something. I, we I said, feel like we're forgetting something important. I like probably like the we'll YouTube channel. You should go subscribe there. It's really awesome. And we it's already really said cool. the YouTube channel. And uh, I don't know. I think maybe we did it all this time. I think we just we like, did it. We're tired because it's been. We're really tired because it's late and we have to go to bed now. Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll I'm see definitely you not going to go to bed. Next time. time. at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.